Hi, everybody. I have a guest on my show today that I have wanted to book for probably about a year. We've been trying to plan our schedules out, and unfortunately, we've just been so busy. But it's finally worked out that one of my favorite people and one of the funniest human beings I've ever seen on stage is on the show today, Miss Leslie Margarita. And I'm so excited. How are you? I'm so good. You're so busy. You're doing everything. Oh, I try. I try. I don't, I, I don't like to not be busy. Well, I see. I mean, you're, you're literally doing everything. You open a show in, I think, two or three-ish weeks? Yeah, like three weeks. Oh uh, the ninth, I think, is when we start previews. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that, for our listeners, that is Emoji Land. And you have Emoji a really Land. incredible cast. You have Natalie Weiss, who's oh a former guest on the yeah. show. Uh, Anne oh, Harada, who is also a former guest. Yeah. Josh Lamont, who's an incredible podcast host himself. Like, you've got it all. So what can you tell me about Emoji Land? Well, I did uh, the first production at NIMPS, the New York Musical Theater Festival. Okay. Um, I guess two summers ago. And I love doing shows at NIMPS, you know, like showcasing new writers. But this one was super special. And what I loved about it was you hear Emoji Land and everybody automatically like rolls their eyes and goes, well, that's not going to be great. And then they see it and they're completely in shock at how amazing it is, how funny, how touching, how like relevant. And I kind of love stuff like that. Like I love proving people wrong and I love um, the reaction that everybody has after they see it. So I was really, really excited when I heard that they were getting an off-Broadway production and immediately uh, the director, Tom Caruso, called me and and said, are you interested? And I immediately said, yes, of course, because I loved this show so much and I loved uh, what it had to say. So there, it was a no-brainer for me. Mm-hmm. And awesome. then we get this cast and it's like a stacked cast. It's just like I'm so many heavy hitters and I cannot wait for people to see it. It, I mean, truly heavy hitters. Like, I feel like with everybody's humor, because it's all so different, too, it's going to be just a laugh-out-loud, oh, yeah. hilarious evening. So I'm very excited to see it. It's going to be so funny, but it's also, like, the great thing about it is it's so touching and so heartfelt in moments that it really has everything. And so I'm, I'm really excited for you to see it as well. I can't wait. I'm trying to and come you- opening weekend, so we'll see. I'm very excited. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you've, you, I say you've had, but you have quite an incredible career and quite an incredible, incredible resume. Um, I feel like people would know you for winning the Olivier, did I say it right? Award? Yes. Yes. For yeah. Zorro. Was that correct? Zorro. Another musical where people go Zorro the musical. That sounds dumb. And it wasn't. <laughs> well, you um, won the award yeah, for I it. Did. So. There's that. I know. Crazy. I know. It was like I, I another show that I loved so much. Um, I had workshopped it in Los Angeles where I lived and normally lived still. Um, and then I was the only American that they brought over. And, and so wow. and crazily, I won the Olivier. So it was nuts. And that was before I had ever um, come out to New York and done Broadway. Wow. So I kind of went, I went backwards. So you tell a story on your album, which we'll get to in a minute, but 
Um, you tell a story about the day that you won, I believe, that you didn't expect it at all, so you just weren't no. ready. <laughs> no, because that, I mean, this was, uh, I guess, uh, 10 years ago. So my category was men and women. It wasn't separated yet. Okay. It was, like, just supporting actor, male and female all together. Um, and then a lot of Americans didn't win. Americans normally didn't win. And um, even people in my cast were like, well, don't expect to win. So I really, I really didn't because the, you know, the people in my category, it was an amazing category. And I was like, oh, Americans don't win. I'm so happy to be nominated. And so I really didn't prep a speech. And my husband was like, oh, just prep something. So I wrote a few things down on a card. And we were just enjoying the evening, and it was, it's kind of like the Golden Globes, where you, there's a dinner, and you have drinks, and so we were having wine, and so when they announced my name, I, like, my husband screamed, I dropped the card that I wrote everything on, like, I, I, I say on the album that I ran to the podium, like, they announced my name to be the next contestant on The Price is Right, and there is a video on YouTube of me, and it is hysterical, because it really does look that way. I look like I won the prizes right, and I it, it was just insane. And I still kind of can't believe it happened. Um, and I was just so honored, and and yeah, couldn't believe it happened, which is totally unprepared. Oh my god! I so as soon as I heard that on your album, I was like, I have to find this video. And by far, it's a <laughs> hilarious video. Like there was no lying. <laughs> You sprinted for that theater. It was great. It was brilliant. Sprinted. I had, like, Kermit Muppet arms. <laughs> and then my speech is a debacle. It, I, like, I don't remember what was coming out. I forgot people. It was just... But, you know, it was so heartfelt. So at least, like, I, I meant what I said. Oh, um, that's awesome. But, yeah, it was a blast. <laughs> so you, you've done such films as Boogeyman 2, The Lucky Stiff, uh, Cinderella 3, A Twist in Time, Opening Night, You've also had incredible, incredible, incredible film, uh, television credits, NYPD Blue, The District, On the Lot, The Sweet Life, uh, On Deck, Major Crimes, and Donnie. And so you live both on the East Coast and the West Coast. And so what is that like to have your feet in both coasts and both industries and all that stuff? Um, you know, it's, it's really easy for me. I was just talking to some friends yesterday about long distance and my husband and I have kind of always been long distance and it works out that way. He's, he's, um, he's a muggle. He's not an actor. And so he, <laughs> he um, gets it, uh, that that's kind of what I have to do. Um, but I've been really lucky and I know how lucky I am that I'm able to do theater and TV and film. And the great thing about New York is there's tons of TV. Last year, I did the last season of Homeland and shot a series for Netflix and then I'm able, like, then I did a pilot for ABC that I did back at home in L.A., so I'm able to kind of go back and forth wherever the work is, wherever I get hired. Um, awesome. So the, it's kind of everywhere now. And I always did theater in Los Angeles, so for me there was no, like, I can only do television in L.A. and only theater in, in New York. Or, you know, it, for me it was kind of like you got to find, you have to go and find this work, and it, it is really everywhere. Um and it always comes about in, in the weirdest ways, you know, like I, like out here I would do television dramas, but primarily like musical theater comedies. So you just never know, um, like what's going to come up, but I've been so, so lucky. 
I just have a lot of air miles, which is great. And my dog's <laughs> a great flyer. So <laughs> that's awesome. So you did a show in, I believe, 2017, where you portrayed uh, Cindy Lou Who in the off-Broadway ah, One Person Who's yeah. Holiday. And, oh my God, oh Who's God. Holiday, love? I got to see some clips online, and it looked like a blast, and it looked so funny and so ridiculous. It was kind of like everything that you probably shouldn't say, but you do anyways. And so uh-huh. can you Absolutely. tell me a little bit more about that show? I'm so intrigued and so excited. So it was about the grown-up Cindy Lou Who, whose life did not turn out the way that we all think it would have turned out. Um, she ended up living in a, in a trailer, um, broke with really not a lot of friends. She had a relationship with the Grinch, with the whole thing. So she got out of jail. Oh, yeah, she had been in jail. Got out of That's jail with during Christmas party. Um, it came to me. Uh, I had heard about it because the writer Matthew Lombardo um, had kind of gotten to a uh, legal battle with the Dr. Seuss estate oh, wow. about writing this, and it was a great kind of like free, um, not free speech, but like a free property um, case for theater parody rights and everything. So I had heard about it um, when it came to me. I was terrified because it's a one woman show and it's you know, two hours of only me. And on top of that, it's all in rhyme. It's in sooth speak. (laughs) So it was really daunting. I had never done, um, I had done cabaret shows, but that's different. This was just, just me. And honestly, every single night, the stage manager had to push me out on stage because I was so terrified. And then once I, once I was on stage, it was fine. And it went by so quick. Um, but it was a huge learning experience for me, um, what I was capable of, and I ended up just having a blast, and I loved the show so much. And Cindy Lou, I mean, I, it was so freeing. She said everything, like you said, she said everything that you wish you could say. Um, the whole show was just wrong, and I loved doing it because we're in an age where everybody's offended by everything, and it right. was really kind of freeing to say all the things that are probably offensive. But we're also funny, you know, that, that um, I don't know, I just loved it. And she, she, it was such a heartbreaking story as well. It was funny, but it was heartbreaking, and it was about redemption and, and your life not turning out the way you think it's going to turn out and making the most out of what you're given. It was just all of these messages that oh, I loved wow. so much. And um, I really hope that that comes around again. It's a really special show. Um, and now I, I, I'm prepared, but it, it was frightening, like, especially there's a lot of audience interaction. So, you know, that to me was terrifying. But, yeah, they, they literally pushed me out uh, into that trailer door every night. Oh, so I was just like, I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so you played parts that are uh, over the top and insane and crazy and fun. But you've also played really demure parts. You played um, Audrey in Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. Played the Lady in the Lake. Uh, you were in uh, Showboat. Like, you've literally done it all. But then... Uh, there's a show that I love that you've done that I don't know how you did it. And I don't know how you did eight shows a week. I don't know how you sang this song. I'm just baffled. And you were Mrs. Wormwood in Matilda the Musical. (laughs) And when I say I don't know how you did it, it's not that I don't think you have the ability to do it because you do. But singing that song eight shows a week is out 
outrageous. And I have a student, Chloe, who, it's insane. Her high school is doing the show, and she and I have been working on audition pieces, and one of the audition pieces that she has to work on is loud. And so this is more of a question for her or for me to tell her, is that what advice do you give Chloe to sing loud ever, period, or more than one time in a day? Like, it's insane. Um, First of all, thank you for saying that, because Mrs. Wormwood, and I'm hearing it now, people are doing the show now in regional theaters, and I'm hearing it now going, oh my God, we didn't realize how difficult the role is. Tim Minchin, who wrote Matilda, actually told me that loud is probably the hardest musical theater song I have ever written for a woman. It is a beast vocally because you're hitting notes that shouldn't be hit, but then put on top of that, you're doing a four and a half minute massive dance number and you're loud. So you have to be loud. And it's like the whole role is really difficult. Um, but loud is, is the hardest number I'm, I'm sure I will ever do in my life. And I, I, I don't know how I did it eight times a week. I really couldn't tell you. All I can say is I worked really, really hard on it to make it look easy. I trained for that song running around the room. Uh, <laughs> they had me jog while I sang it to get my stamina up. And I had really good um, voice coaches teaching me how to uh, kind of find a, a place in my voice that it wasn't going to hurt. And it's kind of similar, I, you know, Alice Brightman is doing it in Beetlejuice. It, it sounds like it, it would be really difficult, but if you have really good um, coaches and things, you have to really rely on that training, and it's much more difficult than people think because you really have to work at it in order for it to seem easy. Um, and I remember I, I went away for a year, and then I went back to it, and I was like, oh, my God, I don't know how... <laughs> To do this, and then you just kind of build up a stamina. Wow. But it is, I, I, no, thank you for saying that because I, it, people I think saw it was like, oh, it's so funny, you're just over the top, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, you don't understand. This is like the hardest role. And I think Mr. and Mrs. Wormwood, and all those roles that I think are over the top, I always get mad when people go, oh, you just get to be like crazy wacky. Like, no, there's, it's every beat is thought out. Uh, you know, our director hired actors that, Primarily, most of us had done drama because, you you know, you wanted different layers. And right. um, so that makes me happy that you said that. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's no joke. Um, Anne Harada actually played, uh, did it at the Muni this summer. She was like, oh, my God, I have, and that was eight shows. Oh and she was like, God. I don't know how you did it. And so it was just, it worked really, really, really hard. Um, and and Philip, who played Rodolfo, we, we, we really, it was like, I would go home and cry in rehearsals, wow. definitely. Um, but I remember I, when I first heard, I heard the London recording, um, and I heard it and was like, I have to play this. And I remember I went to sing it, and I was like, oh, man, this is, <laughs> this is really rough. Um, and then you put on top all the other stuff. So, no, thank you. But I, I, as far as advice for your students, well, ibuprofen and, and cross your fingers. <laughs> that's hilarious. I love it. Ibuprofen and cross your fingers. Anyone that's playing Mrs. Wormwood, that's your advice. I love it. Ibuprofen cross your fingers for sure. That's so funny. So I asked her to send me a couple questions as well as the question about loud. And so she asked a question uh, that I want to read to you. Her question is, what is the biggest piece of advice that you can give to someone who is an aspiring actor or actress? 
Um, there's two things I always tell people. One is not to give up ever, ever, ever. Even in the, the lowest of lows, if you're feeling like it's not going to happen, you, you can't. If it's truly what you want to do, you'll find a way mm-hmm. to, to get through the, the, the bottom and, and, uh, and keep going. And the second is assume that it's not going to be the path that you thought it was going to be. You know, I grew up thinking like, oh, it's going to be easy and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's never going to be what you think it's going to be. And to go, literally go with the flow and realize that you're, you're on your own path. You can't look at anybody else's and, and compare yourself with that. Otherwise, it will drive you crazy. But my main one is, is really not to give up. And that sounds so, like, easy and cliche, but it, it's very true. Because even people like me and, and friends of mine that, you know, are working, it's, it's, it's a never-ending struggle. Hmm. Never, ever-ending. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure even the, the you know, the, the greats say that as well. It's just never-ending. Wow, that, I mean, you might as well get used get get used to it now, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then she also asked, "What impact did college have on your professional career?" None. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is, you know, this is like I I get like some angry parents sometimes. Um, I went to UCLA and I was not a theater major. I went to UCLA because I wanted to do the shows at Disneyland. <laughs> Oh my God, that's and funny. You couldn't, and you couldn't work outside of the theater department. Um, and I was like, well, I'm already working and I wanted to work. So I was uh, like a pre-law major. Um, and what? It, yeah, it did not. When you're dumped out of school, it's how good you are. Right. Just because you went to a certain school, maybe it'll get you in the door for an audition. But if you're tenacious, you'll still get in that door if you wait long enough. Right. So the one who's the best and the one who's the most right for that job is going to get it. Your, where you went to college is not going to get you the job. Um, and go to a school that you will love just for the school, for mm. the town. Don't feel like, oh, my God, I didn't get into Yale or Michigan or whatever. My career's over. That's not it at all. Just train, train, train as much as you can to be the best version of you so that when you get out there and you start auditioning, then then you're totally ready. Oh. It, honestly, I really feel like it doesn't matter. If you can't afford to go to a, you know, a fancy school or a, just train what you can mm-hmm. and, and work at what you do. You know, you can do that on your own too. You don't need fancy people to, to do that. Um, for me, that was what I, was most important. Um, you know, there's, I think there's a, a you know different schools of thought, school no, no pun intended, but uh, on that. <laughs> but for me, it really doesn't matter. You're not going to show up to an equity course call, and they go, "If you went to Michigan, everybody, mm. you can stay. The other ones can't. It's not it doesn't work that way." That, we all jumped out in the same place. God, it's such. That's actually such a really good point, and it actually leads me into a whole different line of questioning. I have um, some students that I teach that are seniors, and they have done their college auditions, and a lot of them are getting acceptance or rejection letters, and um, a few of them got some rejection letters. And so, what would you, what advice would you give them in terms of like how to receive those or how to move forward? Because I mean, I know that they will move forward, 
but it's definitely nice to like have some advice on coping. I think it's, um, I think it's really helpful as early as you can to take the rejection and, and use that and say, thank you, Mm -hmm. because that's not your place. That's not your school. That's not your job. If somebody doesn't see your gift, if it's not right for them or their school, you don't want to be there anyway, because then you'd have a four year fight of trying to go, no, 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 I, I am, this is what I bring to it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it really means nothing. And it, it's, it's kind of the same thing. You're going to have so many rejections daily um, if you continue in the business. But it is really helpful. And it doesn't say I'm not saying it gets easier. I still cry and eat ice cream every time I don't get a job. <laughs> but you do ha- have to, like, at some point say, okay, no, great. Not my thing. Not for me. Moving on. And it sucks. I mean, I remember applying to schools and... And because I did think I wanted to possibly be a theater major, so I auditioned at schools, and there were schools that I did not get into. But I remember at that age being like, all right, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to be there. Whatever. <laughs> I don't want to be there anyway. You know, and, <laughs> and you kind of have to um, just go, all right, that wasn't, that wasn't the right program for mm-hmm. me. Because you also, like, you have to be you. And it's, it's the same thing with auditioning. you got to be you. And there are times I go into an audition and I'm like, here's what I'm bringing, and they are not buying it. Right. And I walk out and I'm like, well, I feel like a total a hole. <laughs> but that is what it, that is what I would have brought to the role. So if they weren't buying it then, they're not going to buy it later on. You know what I mean? Right. Like it yep. just it wasn't a good match. And it doesn't mean they think you suck. And that was a huge lesson for me. I would get rejected for stuff and go, I suck, I suck. It has nothing to do with your ability. I mean, look, I take auditions all the time, and, and it doesn't, nobody thinks like, oh, they're terrible. My dog is barking. He wants to be part of the podcast. Um, rejection doesn't mean you suck. It just means you're not right, right for that program, for that role, for that show. That's it. I mean, it, it is. I, I can't express enough that it, it's about who's the most right for something. And right. that goes, I think, for, for programs as well. That's awesome. That's great advice, though. I'm rambling. Sorry. No, no. I love it. It's an amazing <laughs> advice because it's it's true. You know, sometimes we take things so personally that it actually might not have anything to do with us in the end. So um, It so doesn't. It really doesn't. It's, it's, I, I talk about getting acting jobs by winning the lottery. My, my actual job is to audition getting the job is like the cake, but my actual job, what I do is I'm a professional auditioner. That's what I do. (laughs) And, and like, it just, you know, I hate auditioning. I hate it, but it never ends and you, and you have to do it. So it's part of it. You just have to kind of learn to compartmentalize and, and not take it personally. (laughs) And so aside from professionally auditioning and then booking all the great things, Leslie Margarita is a brand. Like, that's, I mean, I, there's no other way to say it, but you are a brand. And I'm looking, you know, doing research and having looked at your website, you've written books, you have a solo album, Rule Your Kingdom, you have t-shirts that say Rule Your Kingdom, you have, I believe, a book that says Neck Punch and Carry On, Advice from the Queen. Yeah. Like, you yeah. have built a brand off of just being yourself. 
And it's totally unintentional. Yeah, totally it's incredible. It is absolutely incredible. <laughs> Who, at what point did you just decide, you know what? I'm going to be who I'm going to be. And you're either going to hire this person or you're not. And that's okay. It, it took a long time. It really did. I spent years in LA, like coming out to New York to audition for stuff and wasn't getting hired. And, and, um, you know, after, I mean, I've been calling myself the queen since I was a kid. Um, <laughs> I talk about it. I talk about it on my, album I had this thing since I was eight years old like from the 80s where I would write Leslie rules on everything um like every theater and I still do it like I still have to write Leslie rules under every dressing room table that I'm at whatever it's just like this weird like thing and so ruling was kind of like came from out of this like rad 80s like I rule to I would just always call myself, like, queen of whatever, but it was never, uh, I think I'm good. It was, nobody else is going to call me queen. No one else is going to give me a title that I think is good. So, uh, you know, to stop somebody from giving me, like, a really crappy title, I'm just going to call myself Queen Lexley. And I encourage people to call themselves whatever they want to call themselves. Oh, my God. Duchess, so Duke, good. whatever you want to. And it's only, like, empowering. For me, it was, like, my Sasha Fierce. Like, I was, like, oh Queen Lexley with, like, my, like, alter ego that gave no crap, that, you know. Um, and then it just, like, after, it was just getting older and realizing that it's okay to be different. It's okay to not be perfect. And I like, I like, I love social media, but I love when people are totally honest and show themselves falling or mm. show themselves failing or, you know what I mean? Like, I think... It, we're all human, and the perfect part of social media scares me. Um, so I always like the humanity of it. Right. And that when it, with that part of why ruling your kingdom, it's like, well, I have my own little kingdom, and I'm going to raise my drawbridge, and if, if you don't like it, that's too bad. You don't have to live in my kingdom. And that was where that message came from. It was just me as a little kid being like, that's fine. If you don't like me, I'm just going to wear my crown over on this side and you can wear your crown on your side oh and that's God. okay. Um, and it really came from that. And you know, I, that's why like people are always like, Oh, you think you're so great. Oh, so pretty. I'm like, that's at all. You missed <laughs> the point. It literally is. I didn't think I was great. And so to make myself have confidence, make myself be okay with being different. Right. Um, that was the title I gave myself wow. and, and it really helped, you know, I think in everything, but especially in our business, people are really crappy. There are some real duds that mm -hmm. just thrive on bringing other people down. And so it was very important for me to, to tell, especially younger people to not buy into that and to not be one of those people to just go on your path. Stay, stay in your lane. It's, it's, you know what you're here to do. Focus on your thing. Be supportive of everyone else. Just, it's, you know, like, don't buy into the negativity. And that's what royalty does. They lift, they keep the head up. Because if they you do. drop your head, the crown will flip. Oh so God. it's just keep, keep your head up and, like, keep going. And, and don't let anybody tell you that you're less than. And when you give yourself a title like queen, they can't. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love it. 
So you had said you love when you get to see pictures or videos of people falling or failing of some kind. And so my next question leads me to this. What is the biggest mishap that has happened to you on stage, in the audition room, um, on a film set, TV set? What, What can you tell us? I am constantly putting my foot in my mouth. Um, I mean, there's uh, stuff happens to me all the time. And that's what I always, especially on my Twitter, I'm like, of course, stuff happens to me. But like mishap, tons of stuff. I mean, the biggest mishap, I think I've talked about this quite a few times, but in London, um, spoiler alert, my character has this big, very, very upsetting emotional death. And <laughs> I'm dead on, uh, dead on stage. And a giant rat ran right across my body. And so mm. I awoke from the dead, screamed, and then died again. <laughs> um, and it was like, I'll never experience anything else like that. Um, but there's, you know, there's just, there's so much stuff that happens. Like I've fallen, oh, I've fallen so many times on stage. It, and that is embarrassing. I've fallen, I, I remember during Games at Sea, Games at Sea opened with like my, literally my Broadway dream from childhood. It's me in a sequin gold, gold sequin tuxedo, all by myself on a Broadway stage tap dancing. And I was like, that is like the typical, what you dream about as a kid. And I, I just remember one night, I was totally feeling extra grateful. And they had like polished up, the, the, there were like coins that I was coming down and they had like polished them up. And I just went, and just landed on my butt. No. And I laughed so hard. Because you have to laugh. What, I mean, what else are you going to do? You exactly. have to laugh. Like, I, it was so perfect. It was literally, like, something in the universe was like, yeah, I know you think you're really hot shit right now, but <laughs> here you go. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, but, so, but I like, I mean, I've forgotten words. I've, I mean, it, everything has happened. And, oh you know, sometimes things happen, and it's not so fun. But, but right. minor mishaps where no one gets hurt, and, and stuff, you have to laugh. Oh, at my that God. Stuff. Oh, I have cracked notes. But I'm the first one that will then cry laugh <laughs> at myself to the point where I'm terrible, to the point where I, like, can't continue. I'm, I, like, my, I just crying, crying with laughter. But there, oh, there's some doozies of notes and things. And what else are you going to do? Right. Because, you know, you just got going. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny, though. I can just imagine, because, like, I was... When I first did Matilda, I was, like, looking through the score, and I was like, oh, Mrs. Wormwood only has one song. And then you listen to it, and you're like, all right, that's cool. But then you put it all together, and you're like, no wonder. That's all you can handle. Like, that's insane. So I can only imagine the, like, ridiculous things. And even, like, yeah, even her stuff at the beginning is, like, super high, and you're spinning on a gurney. And, like, yeah, there's, there's a lot. And that show physically... I, I mean, I, I, I still have to, like, really take care of my body from that show. <laughs> That's but, yeah, hilarious. physically, it's hard. It, it's hard for everyone physically. I mean, the Trench Ball and Mr. Warman, they're, they're very, very physical show. The, the, even the ensemble in that show doing, like, the, the alphabet, the school song. Right. Like, climbing on those gates. Like, it was very, um, you could never check out in that show. Yeah, ever, absolutely. ever. Not that you would in any show, but you really couldn't. Because uh, it was so technical. Wow. So I want to play a little game. Uh, this okay. game is going to allow us to know a little bit more about you um, before you <laughs> head into Emoji Land. So I'm going to do some rapid fire <laughs> questions because I want to know 
Okay. Uh, some things about you. So. Okay. What's your favorite color? Pink. Favorite candy? Oh. Hot tamales. Favorite TV show? Ooh. Ooh. I love all the CW superhero ones, and I can't pick one, so. <laughs> favorite pre-show meal? Um. Hmm. Oh, it's usually just a protein bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Favorite post-show meal? Oh, everything. Anything I can get my hands on. Macaroni and cheese. Hmm, yes. Favorite show currently on Broadway? Um, oh, this is really hard to pick. I'm one of those people who loves everything. <laughs> um... Oh, oh, I can't, it's like picking babies. <laughs> oh. oh, I can't, I can't pick. I, I'll switch I it. I'll I switch can't. it. I, I can't. I'll switch it. What, what? show did you most recently yeah. see on Broadway? Um, most, oh, most recently I went and saw um, Slava Snow Show, which is super cool. Yeah, I heard it's really awesome. Oh my god, it's amazing! That's so cool. So, so cool. Oh, um, but then uh, most recently, most recently, I saw Christmas Carol, which is gorgeous. Oh, I can't wait to see it! I'm so gorgeous. excited. Uh, uh, what's your go? The Matilda theme. Is it really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, That's so awesome. Funny. What is your go-to musical genre? Pop. If you could do any other occupation than what you're doing right now, what would it be? I would either be a writer or uh, an ice skater, <laughs> an ice dancer. <laughs> Favorite movie? Star Wars. Favorite old school Broadway show before 1971? Mm, Man of the Mantra. Mm. Uh, guilty pleasure snack? Mm, guilty pleasure snack? I'm going to say, uh, well, I, um, there's so many um, races. Oh, so good. So <laughs> races, good. Like peanut butter cups. Yeah. Guilty pleasure television show. Oh, God. Everything I watch. All the CW. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Favorite holiday? Mm, Halloween. Uh, favorite season? Summer, spring, winter, or fall? This is a hard one. East Coast or West Coast? Oh, no, you can't do that to me. <laughs> you know what? I was West Coast ride or die forever, but now I've been here like five years, and I can, I can actually say I'm an East Coaster. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to say, I'll say East Coast today, but it's flip flop. We got her. We got her. I'm excited. Favorite vacation spot? <laughs> oh, Disney World. Uh, and then a three-part question to close this out. A dream role that you have played already. A dream role that at your current age you can play, and then a dream role that you are excited to play when you get older. Dream role that I've played already is Adelaide in mm. Guys and Dolls. Dream role that I can play now at my age uh, is Ida. And one that I'm really excited for later on is Mama Rose. Yes, you are. God, I knew it. Yeah. How did I know it? I was yeah. ready. Really excited for that later on. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> Leslie, you have an album called Rule Your Kingdom put out by Broadway Records. It's also available on Amazon yeah. and uh, it's on iTunes. You have your website, which is www.lesliemargarita.com, where you can go and buy books and CDs and shirts and all of that <laughs> stuff. Um, you are on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Snapchat. What are your handles? How do we follow you? Everything is at Queen Leslie, and there's no E on the end of Leslie. I don't know why my mom did that, but she did. (laughs) Uh, So at Queen, L-E-S-O-I, and that's on everything except Snapchat. It's something else. I think it's I am Queen Leslie. I don't know. As you should be. I I don't know. My new favorite book that Uh, I have to read is Neck Punch and Carry On. I don't even know what it's about, but I'm going to read it. It's a a self-help, how I... I, uh, just some quotes, some oh motivational God. quotes. I love it. I absolutely <laughs> love it. Um, and then in 2020, in January, you open Emoji Land with an incredible, incredible cast. And so I will yeah, definitely so be looking out for that and telling our audience as well. So I am Queen Leslie. Uh, com. Go on uh, Instagram, follow, go on iTunes, Amazon, at, all the things. Queen Leslie. Yeah, at, it's oh usually at, at Queen Leslie. You'll be good with at Queen Leslie. <laughs> you are incredible. You are hilarious. I am so grateful Aww. that we had this time to chat. Um, I have one message for you that the Jacobson family, uh, Kathy, Molly, oh. and Abby, all say hello. They oh, send their love. Hello. And I have so, met, like, the most incredible fans, friends, families. Like, I've met the most incredible people out here from shows and from Broadway Con and everything. I just, like, I just have the best people that, like, even care that whatever I do and and the Jacobsons are awesome. <laughs> well, the beauty of it is, is that the best people attract the best people. And so when Aww, you are the best people, right? you get the best people. So I try. I thank try to you. be a good person. You are wonderful. <laughs> and I'm so grateful that we finally got to figure this out a year later. It was so worth the I wait. I can't wait to see Emoji Land. You're I cannot wait. I'll let you know when so I'm good. there. And I cannot wait to see you after the show or before the show or whatever the heck yeah. happens. Have a wonderful couple weeks into tech and have a wonderful opening of Emoji Land. And I can't wait to see it. And thank you for chatting with me today. It was so much fun. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Bye.